We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest, and safest way to bet on all things sports. Not sure if you guys watched the fight last night between Wilder and Fury, but that was wild. Uh, hopefully, you guys put money on Fury because if not, you're probably in trouble right now. But Bet Online had you covered for that, and they also have you covered for so much more. With March Madness, the Masters, and the Major League Opening Day all right around the corner, Bet Online has all the latest news, scores, and odds to help you win big. The best part? You'll receive fifty percent welcome. Receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your literal free money. Plus, signing up is a great way to support the podcast that you're listening to in your ears right now, The Uncontested. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sports, sports book experts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. I love our Lou Dort intro, especially on nights whenever Lou Dort just goes the F off on the San Antonio Spurs. Makes it even better. We've got almost the whole crew tonight. Justin is somewhere out in the mountains, like, searching for Sasquatch, I think. But Kamiar's here. I pledge allegiance to the Dort, or pledge allegiance to the Dort. There you go. There you go. We got Taylor. Messed it up. Lou Tang. We got Nick. Yo, yo. That was really a letdown after those first two. (laughs) And we've got me. I'm Jacob. Hey, we are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you haven't checked out Blue Wire before, tons of great NBA pods and other sports podcasts. Check them out at bluewirepods.com. And brought to you this week by betonline.ag, as you just heard Taylor tell you about. Make sure you go sign up. Guys, the Thunder just got done playing the San Antonio Spurs, a rematch from the game right before the all-star break in which the thunder uh lost and it wasn't very pretty this time a little bit different though the thunder blow the doors off the spurs 131 to 103 it was pretty close in the first half and then that third quarter was just ungodly what was it 37 to 18 
in the yeah. third quarter. Spurs weren't very good. Right around there. Uh, just absolutely insane. Taylor, what was your, your big takeaway from the game tonight? So Thunder PR had some really good uh, tweets and stats that they tweeted out today that I want to read off to you guys because it just kind of puts this game into context. Um, I think one of the biggest things probably, and something that I, w- I would have mentioned either way, eight Thunder players scored in double figures, and that's never happened before in Thunder history. Not to mention, like we talked about before the podcast started, they were close to nine, even ten guys scoring in double figures, which is just absurd. Um, after tonight's 28-point win, which is the second largest margin of victory this season, the Thunder improved to a season-high 13 games above 500, uh, holding on firmly to that sixth spot in the West. Flirting then, with the five and the four right now. Yeah, which is insane. Yo. And then uh, the Thunder head to Chicago, and that if, if they were to win against Chicago, which we would hope that they would, That'd be their ninth straight road win for the first time in franchise history, which is pretty crazy. And then finally, I mentioned the 28-point win tonight. That marks the largest Thunder win over the Spurs, the previous best being a 19-point margin on uh, March 26, 2016. So four years ago. Um, Nick, if you had to pick a player of the game for the Thunder during the Spurs game, who would you go with? you got to go with Lou. It's a cop-out answer, but he's a guy that... I mean, a plus 36 in the box score, I mean... That's you, stupid. You, you That's can't, stupid, man. You can't, you can't even start to downplay <laughs> that. I know box plus minus isn't always uh, a great stat to go off of, but between that and the eyeball test, I mean, he was, he was incredible tonight. Six of six from the field, two rebounds, two assists, three steals. He was all over. That's the thing. Like, And, and some of those steals weren't even... Well, sorry. There were plays that he made that weren't credited as steals because they were either um, deflections or plays that he saved up from going out of bounds after he had deflected the ball to get it to his teammates and keep and uh, keep a run alive. Like it's just the little things that he does make such a huge impact. He's kind of like a combination of like Ferg and and Hami. Hami just goes out there and makes things happen because of his athleticism. Ferg has that great defense, um, and Lou's like the perfect combination of both because he's not afraid on offense. Um, He's making things happen on that end, but also is just so great defensively and has great defensive instincts. And he has a better stroke than both Ferg and Homie. And both of them, right. Combined. So true. So, So, um, but speaking of that, Taylor, Ferguson doesn't play the second half of the game tonight. Uh, Quote, out for lower back spasms. Stiffness or something. Yeah, lower back stiffness. So he sits out the second half, which brought in Hamadou Diallo for... Basically, Hami. Ferguson's minutes. Uh, Hami plays a total of, I'm looking for it here. Uh, uh, there we go, 15 minutes tonight. Kamir, what did you think of, of Diallo's minutes in the second half? I thought it would, looked like Diallo early in the season where he's just setting a screen and catching the ball and trying to dunk on somebody. Uh, it would, I mean, like defensively, it's just Hami. Like, he's kind of erratic in some ways, and he's more of an athlete than Ferguson and everything else, but... This man's just looking to dunk. I yeah, mean, I and mean, he had two massive ones. It's, it, like, you, you yeah. look at you look at points in the paint, and it's just unbelievable. Seventy four points in the paint, forty two, and then you look at field goal percentage. OKC shot over twenty one percent more, thirty six percent from San Antonio, fifty seven from OKC. Crazy. Oh, I didn't realize Thunder shot fifty seven percent tonight. That's because they got everything in the paint. Yeah, and Steve right. Adams twenty one fourteen. Just like so, yeah. Hami was. I mean, Hami was good, and you saw where he got up, up, and like, you know, Chris Fisher was like, oh, the two thousand nineteen dunk champion, and then 
Uh, he dunked on another person where the the camera crew didn't even catch it because he stole it. He did that against the Cavs stole too. Yeah. He the, stole yeah, another inbounds pass. and just dunked on somebody else. So I mean, you think people would learn not to jump with Hamadou Diallo? No kidding. Right? Well, Especially you if your name poster. is Bellinelli. Bellinelli. Uh, you probably weird. don't got a chance. So and, and come here. You just mentioned Stephen Adams, Nick. If I were to offer a counter argument to your Lou Dort player of the game, I might go Stephen Adams. 21 and 14 he was just a monster like the way he was playing defense the way he was gobbling up boards some of like god he had that spin move in the post where he where he yammed one and then that give and go with dennis schroeder where he just rolled off the pass and and threw down a monstrous alley-oop steven adams looking spry these two games back from the break yeah he nick Okay, I knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> he's he's looked he's not a top thirty big in the NBA. He's looked That's great since the All Star break. I think you know all of us have have tweeted and talked about that over the last week or so. You know, since that All Star break, him getting some rest. Obviously, he had been dealing with some you know minor injuries here and there. I think he really needed that rest to get his body right, and he has looked like a completely different player. So it's, it's you know small sample size, two games, but he's been a freak in these last two games. Definitely. Uh, real quick, because I, I tweeted this at halftime. I didn't follow up at the end of the game. The two centers for the Thunder combined tonight. 13 of 17 from the field, 5 of 6 from the free throw line, uh, a total of 15 rebounds, two steals, five blocks. Nerland's got all five of those blocks. He's yes, perfect and the field. 31 points. Yeah, Nerland's is 5 of 5 and had five blocks. That's Danny, crazy. Danny Ainge is somewhere wishing he had centers like that. Yeah, yeah no the, the, the Thunder, the, the center today. rotation, just absolutely incredible tonight. Nerland's Noel had what I think is maybe the block of the year for the Thunder tonight where he ran the entire floor there in that second quarter and just got up and it completely erased somebody's shot. I can't remember who it was, but they cut baseline. Um, with Might the ball, Rosen. I, I th- I, I'm, I'm thinking it was, and he went up, and Nerlens just swallowed that ball. I mean, I it mean, was like we mentioned this before. We were, that sounds we were kind of erotic, this. but <laughs> yeah. swallowing the ball. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but like Nerlens literally cocked his his arm back, almost like he was going up for a dunk, and then just destroyed that ball. Just a monster swat. I'm with you. That was a uh, probably probably a highlight swat of the season. Yeah, it was it was impressive. And so we've spent all this time talking about this game. We still haven't even mentioned the guy that was the leading scorer for the Thunder tonight who also pulled in 13 rebounds, 4 assists, and shot 8 of 14 from the field. Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Shea had a really solid game. No, he got outplayed by DeJounte Murray against the Spurs before the break. Yeah. And so he, I think he came out with something to improve, and he, he really showed it in – on in all facets of the game, on offense, of course, he just looked like he was so ahead of his time oh, again. Gosh. We've said this several times, and then on defense, I mean, he really's put in the work. And then you can tell, like the conversations with Billy Donovan about him rebounding the ball more, making a more concerted effort to do that to become a more well-rounded player instead of just a scorer. I mean, he what he had 13 rebounds, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, it's you pretty can, impressive. You can just see like the the growth in him, and I'm I'm curious to see what it looks like in the jump to year three because. I mean, we have, we've had this conversation before about would you rather have Donovan or Shea in like a few years and then Jacob actually in the slack put uh, the stats in year two side by side and honestly, 
the numbers between Donovan Mitchell and Shea are, are eerily similar. Like there might be like a point difference here or there, or like a half a point difference here or there between like assists or turnovers or whatever. But it's eerily similar, but their games are nothing alike. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Speaking of DeJounte Murray, zero of seven tonight for zero points. Yep. Sounds about DeJounte Murray. In 21 minutes. That's the Lou and the Shea effect right there. Yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexander is what the Spurs want DeJounte Murray to be. Yep. But DeJounte Murray is in what, year five? Yeah, I don't know. Shea's in year two. I don't think he's in year five, is he? I, I was going to say, that seems super. Is it four or five? He signed the extension. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. So he has been in longer than I, I think thought. some of these referees, I, I, and I think Mikey said this the other day. 2016 draft? Wow. Yeah, I think years. Mikey said this the other day. I think some of these referees call fouls on Lou just to give these offensive players room a, to a breathe. Yeah. Like, he was like, because you look at who he's played against and who he's just overworked. Like, from the beginning of the season, he went to Don, Donovan Mitchell, Dame. You had uh, – he was playing on. He, he played Damon CJ. Luka. I think his first game ever. Who was he playing? Oh, Jamal Murray, and he's like yeah. gassing these guys down. It's just like, I it's half the time like he's doesn't look like he's fouling these guys, and like he isn't getting like the charge calls anymore because probably he's, he's like, definitely getting rookie defensive calls, right? Like they're yeah. calling him for a lot of touch stuff. Um, but that's not. But I was thinking about this today. That he's going to thrive in the playoffs defensively if that's the case because they, they don't let call, you play? They don't call ticky-tack bullcrap. So, like, him on Harden or him on somebody else could be really interesting. I, I just want him to get different hair. I mean, I don't like it. Against the <laughs> Mavs, Luka ended, up, Luka ended up getting his own against the Thunder, but in the first quarter he held Luka to, like, six points. And, you know, over the course of the game, other guys were guarding Luka. But when, when Dort was starting the game out on Luka, he was making it difficult for a guy that's I mean even at 20 years old one of the most versatile scorers in the league and I've talked about this a little bit on some post-game podcasts before but it impresses me so much if you're an undrafted or like a, a second round guy who's getting rotation minutes in the NBA your thought is probably I need to go out I need a ball and I need to prove myself right Lou doesn't force anything offensively. He's such an aggressive offensive player that plays the right way within the system and plays smart and makes the right play every single time. Just, just like tonight, he had that extra pass in the second half to Gallo. Um, you know, he could have shot that three pointer, but he didn't. He he saw the defender closing in on him. He made that extra pass to Gallo. Gallo actually recognized him um, after he made the shot. He, he when they run back down the floor, he points to him. And I think. What we're seeing there is that point guard mentality that Lou has. You know, he grew up playing point guard, played point guard for Arizona State. He sees the floor so well, and that's really helped kind of help him translate into the NBA, I think, in this this shooting guard slash small forward role. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on there, Taylor. I, I, was, I was thinking about that earlier. Like, we always talk about... Uh, the point guard trio of you know SGA, Chris Paul, and 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 uh, and Dennis Schroeder, and or you, don't, Schroeder, yeah. you don't think about the fact that like Lou was a a primary ball handler, at, you know his his lone college season at Arizona State. Like, w- like the Thunder are literally starting three guys that have point guard backgrounds, and then bring in Schroeder off the bench who plays a ton of point guard, and who and could I, be a I, starter point, a starting point guard for many yeah. teams in the league. And I think that, that that goes to show like why this team plays so well together and passes the ball and has this chemistry and the offense looks great. It's because they're playing so many guys that have played a ton of point guard minutes throughout their entire career outside of the NBA, you know, college, growing up, you know, high school, all this kind of stuff. A ton of these guys are point guards in the past. Have we seen the, a four-point guard lineup from the Thunder yet? 
I don't feel like we have. I don't know if we CP, have CP, Dennis, Lou, and Shea. That's probably part of the, you know, Billy's genius this year with, you know, a, being a coach of the year candidate. The way he staggers those guys has been incredible so far. I don't think we've seen a ton of minutes with all four of them on the floor at the same time, which maybe is a good thing. But the way he's Pull it out in the playoffs, yeah, Billy. Rockets. It could. Against the Rockets. But there's oh. a, t- there's a, like, at all times throughout a game – there's there's probably at least two point guards out there 75% of the time. Uh, no, I think it's 100% of the time, honestly. I don't know if... Yeah, ha- no, do, do they ever have less than two of those four out there? Because they don't really classify Lou as a point guard this season. Um, but I, I will say this. The lineup that stood out the most to me from the entire game was these... And, and, again, Steven might have been player of the game. I mean, he was he's been fantastic these past two games back from the All-Star break. But that those starters, those starting four with uh, with Nerlens, that was a fun lineup. They made a lot of stuff happen on both ends of the floor in the second quarter. They kind of sparked um, another run that got the Thunder back up uh, before half, and just a lot of versatility on both ends, offensively and defensively. That was really fun for me, um, and something that I kind of hope to see a little more because it gives Stephen more rest, which is huge. In a Rocket series, when they just play small and PJ Tucker at the five, I was thinking about this. Who would you like? Would you play Nerlens at the five in that because of Russ and Harden's driving ability? You could. Yeah. You I could mean, also you just throw Gallo out at the five exactly. and say, yeah, I don't, that's I don't what I was about to say. Put Lou at the four and score. do the three point guards. Yep. Like I would, I would like stagger that. And that's the thing when, you can pick that when apart. Russ gets off the floor, then you like can put Gallo and Steven or something. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. True, you can do it's there. fascinating. It's definitely fascinating. Well, let's move on from this game and talk about some some bigger Thunder themes. The Thunder come out of the All Star break two and zero now with two very impressive wins. There's a complete dismantling of the Spurs tonight, Friday night. A very impressive win against a title contending Denver Nuggets team who was fully healthy. Compare that to last season. When the Thunder came out of the All-Star break and just crapped all over themselves and and were awful down the stretch, what do we attribute that to? I mean, I know it's only two games. It's a small sample size. But why is this team coming out and, and peaking at the right time and playing well, whereas last year's team that had superstars on it just kind of shit the bed? Nick, Playoff I think P has showed up early. Nick, I uh, think it's a good time for you to bring up your tweet that you tweeted out, uh, the quote from Nerlens postgame, because I think that's the answer. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot of it is just guys are enjoying playing basketball. It's, I mean, think about it, think about like this is a this is a really you know weird comparison because it's it's not very similar, but you can also kind of you know relate to it. You go play pickup, even at you know guys of our level, you know not good basketball players. Guys, but like, Whoa, watch game. your mouth there, <laughs> the asshole! But playing playing, you know when you go play pickup and you've got guys that play ISO ball and want to shoot fifty percent of the shots. Like no, nothing against Russ or PG or guys in the past that have played the ISO ball and taken the majority of the shots. It's a lot more fun when you're sharing the ball and you know getting your touches and getting that confidence. I think that that the, the style of play. And, and no one's talked about this yet, but against Denver, I think it was a third time all year that seven guys had scored double figures. Tonight, obviously, first time in franchise history that eight guys have scored in, in double figures. Just the, the balanced scoring attack and everybody getting a chance to score the ball, it's, it's a lot more fun to play, which in essence makes the game come to you easier. And, and when you're having fun playing, it's easier to, to do well. I think that's a very underrated aspect of this Thunder team. 
I mean, you look at the way Russ has played the game, and you look at the way that I mean, Serge Ibaka mentioned this a few years ago when he was still in OKC. It's like, you know, you go down the floor and you play offense. You don't touch the ball. It makes it really hard to get back on defense and actually go play, especially if you, you know, you're not getting a look. And, like, I'm going to do uh, my my best Dennis. I mean, Russ is my guy, but, damn, like, this guy, like, he runs down the floor and either he's shooting a cotton shot that he missed all last year in the last couple of years, but for some reason is actually making him this year. Uh, but, like, he just, like, either taking to the rim himself or he's passing it to one person and then cussing at them to shoot and said this offense, like, there's so many guys touching the ball, so many guys, like, actually, like, being effective so like abdul nader he was never gonna thrive in a system with russ you know like he kicks it to the corner is like f and shoot the ball but like now he's like you have abdul nader curling off screens at the top of the perimeter and actually like be looking like an nba player and you have other guys doing the same thing and it's just like it makes it more easy to get into a rhythm and it makes it so much better to play it's just like like you said when you don't see the ball and you have some guy like you know jacking up shots from three the entire game you don't want to play defense you don't want to share the ball so it's like it's a really crappy game but i just think about if this team had continuity going into the summer and they didn't start out like what six yeah. and eleven where they would be right now yeah um, well i think you they'd look be at like that. on a 54 win pace was least. it since like um is it um thanksgiving that they have like the second best record in the West. And again, this yeah. is all just off the top of my head. I don't have that, that stat in front of me anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, they, they've proven since, like you said, Calmer, that kind of that uh, that early start they had of kind of filling out themselves and kind of seeing um, how everybody played together and building chemistry. They've turned into being one of the best teams in the league during that period. Yeah, um, it's like but, it's like 45, a 45 game stretch now that they're, you know, just maybe one win behind the Lakers and in the Western Conference for most wins over this time. That's that's incredible. It's not a small sample size. So, one thing though I, that I do want to mention because I was actually thinking about this after Nerland's quote because this has kind of been a, I don't even want to say this, but a hot topic on Twitter, right? Between Russ fans and Thunder fans and Rocket fans. When we say this kind of stuff, I'm not even sure if it's a diss at Russ because you see Russ and the Rockets right now playing some of their best basketball as well. Russ playing the best he has in a couple of seasons. They're having fun. Um, there was a ton of tweets last night after that. You know, I don't know if you guys saw that video, but there was a, uh, imagine this, but a Jazz fan talking trash to Russ, right? And um, Russ goes down, gets a monster dunk. Uh, at, he cuts to the basket, which... Again, we didn't see much of last season. Or the Russ season cutting that. baseline. Never heard of her. Monster. Yeah, no kidding. And a monster dunk over Gobert. I mean, his head was like almost above the rim. And um, he goes back and he's just chirping at that fan that has been talking trash to him. And Rockets Twitter was all about it. They're in love. They're. I mean, they're having fun. And so I don't necessarily think like it's not just Russ, right? I think it was time for Russ and the Thunder to go their separate ways. It had become toxic for both parties at, the, at this point last summer and um again i don't think it was just solely on russ you know i think the thunder kind of contributed to that as well and it's gotten to the point where it was just it was best for both parties uh russ is having success in houston and now we have this team who plays so well together they're having fun billy's able to coach this team and kind of show what he's capable of as a coach um and and implement the offensive strategies and defense strategies that he's wanted to for a long time now it's just really beneficial for both parties i don't know even know necessarily if it was just solely a rust thing as much as it was just the perfect time for both of them to kind of go their own ways 
Yeah, it's true. I mean, imagine if PG's arms hadn't fallen off too. Yeah, isn't but, it interesting I was thinking that about PG's that also. arms? Isn't it interesting how PG's arms have fallen off at the same time two years in a row? But now it's fingers his legs. crossed, knocked on wood. CP3 has been relatively healthy the entire season. Right. Yeah. Like that's knock, unbe- knock, knock. that's unbelievable to me. And he CP3 credited it to like a his guys, but also the Thunder staff and saying how how great of an organization it was. And again, when Nerlens was talking today, he said it's the funnest. It's the most fun he's had playing in his seven-year career, and he's had great leadership from Billy, CP3, and Gallo. That's the quote I was referencing earlier. it's just really fun to play with all these guys, and Dennis Schroeder echoes that, and CP3 just says he's a hooper, and then, like, they brought up, like, oh, uh, you have the most clutch time minutes. You're the Mr. Clutch, and he's like, that just means we've been playing too many damn close games. (laughs) Yeah, right. I love it. Well, you're right, but damn. He's a good leader. Now, I do have a, a question on that as well. Um, I was thinking about this. Also, after the game, this is obviously one of the most fun, uh, fun Thunder teams I think that we've gotten to cover since we started this podcast, at least. And even just in my history of being a fan since that inaugural season, is this team, as constructed right now and as they're playing, are they better even? Are they better than the team last year, even when PG was healthy? Yes. I kind of think so also, which is crazy. I, I would have never guess that in a thousand years preseason. Because you have legitimate, you are legitimately now nine deep because of the way you play basketball instead of, exactly. oh, well, depth. if Russ or PG don't go off, you're screwed. Yeah. It's the depth the, and the, the wealth is shared, chemistry. right? You're playing yep. team basketball. It's not all the eggs in one basket. Right. And like you said, you and, have so much depth. I mean, just look at today. Uh, how they, I mean, shoot, they were already up 20. They threw in uh, some of these subs like Nader and Diallo who are still able yep. to make things happen. They just have so much depth. Like, Diallo like, hasn't even been playing. Hey, and I got to give a shout-out to Abdul Nader. He's played pretty good the past yes. couple of games. Yep. He's played good this season. He looks like he's looked like an NBA player. Like yeah. there are times he still drives you nuts, but like none of the Abdul Nader you've seen the last couple of years. So, And like you just look at it like – if any given night, Chris Paul, like the other night against the Nugs, scored like, what, 29? Yeah. And then Shea had, like, what, 12, 9, and 9. And then now tonight he scores, like, 20, what, 26 or whatever. Yeah, Shea has 22 tonight. Chris had 12. Yeah, like, he had 23, 13, and 4, and, and and Chris had almost a triple-double, and, like, he joked about it, how Billy Donovan wouldn't let him be great. But yeah, it's just he like when he you it, see yeah. so many of these things going on. It's just like they're just playing team basketball, and you, you just love to see and a uh, lot, lot, well, lot to like yeah. here. And they're getting better as the year goes on instead of the Thunder. Besides the year they went to the Western Conference Finals and Kevin Durant already packed it up before the season, the, the Thunder have regressed under Russ and Paul George as the year went on after the All-Star break. And this team is actually getting its crap together and gearing up to maybe even get to the four or five seed where they're only two and a half games behind them. Yeah. And so, they have a lot of games they can win. So definitely. Uh, so definitely speaking, speaking of rotations and players playing well and, and you know, the, the team oriented democratic style of basketball, I wanted to ask you guys with the playoffs looming and with the thunder, hopefully getting healthy by then and getting Darius Baisley back. What does a playoff rotation for this team look like? How many players actually play in a playoff rotation uh, for Billy Donovan this year? And who do you think they are? Obviously, well, I can't say obviously. Let's let's count the, the four that have started all year. Sh- Chris, Shea, Gallo, and Steven. Dort's in the starting lineup still. Agreed. I think so too. They're going to sign him. Does, it, does, does anybody on here disagree with that? Not at all. He's the best option. In fact, I, I would even take that a step further. This is going to be a little bit of a hot take. I think Kami should be getting the minutes over over uh, Ferguson at this point. 
Dang. We're we're Which we're getting sad. close there. I so mean, so I genuinely like Ferg as a person. I hope whatever he's going through, he's able to overcome it. But I'm I'm honestly worried at this point that he's going to get outplayed by Lou and Homie and some of these other guards and whoever yeah. else the Thunder get. You know, with these draft picks moving forward, he might not. I mean, he might be, but he might know, not he might be an odd man now. But I don't know what right. value he would have on and, a trade right now anyway. Exactly. Like so, team we have to pick him up. Yeah, we have the starting five. Dennis Schroeder, Nerlens, Nerlens Noel, those are our top seven. Those guys are playing in the playoffs. Does anybody else yeah. get on the floor? Yeah. How many guys does he play? Because, I mean, typically you see NBA coaches run eight or nine man I rotations goes, in the playoffs. He goes nine. You think he's going go, going to go a full nine deep? It yeah. depends on the matchup. So either Mascala, if you need him to come out there, or is Baisley is Baisley playing in the playoffs? Uh, that's a good. I, I, I think so. Hey, that's I a good it. question. <laughs> we we mentioned this on the last pod. I doubt it. I think honestly, like it, this is like this is a maybe a hot take, but I think Nader's played excellent with the minutes he's had since Baisley's been out. I yeah, like, completely. He, like, is he the best defensive player? Hell no. But is he gonna try his ass off? Yes. And, and is he gonna happen. is is he like an able shooter as we've seen the past few games? Yes. When he's in an offense that values player movement and passing the ball, he's able to curl off screens and hit wide open threes and make the occasional really dumb play. Uh, so yeah, and, I think this and team it's is also deep. It's it's historically looking at Thunder teams of the past. Rookies don't play a whole lot. I think Dort will be the kind of anomaly there. But on top of the fact that the rookies don't play, you know, kind of coincided with the fact that Baisley's hurt right now and he's going to come back what yeah. two weeks before the end of the season, right try the to playoffs. get some yeah, get yep, back in the rotation. It's just. I, I, I find it very unlikely, and I definitely could choke on these words, but I don't think that Baisley gets a whole lot of playoff. Man, if, if if Enos Cantor, who was averaging 17 a game as a non-rookie who couldn't play defense, didn't play in the playoffs, I don't see Baisley playing either. So so Baisley is slated to be reevaluated sometime between March 9th and March 23rd. Oh the 23rd would give him one, two, three full weeks of – uh, regular season before the playoffs started, um, and and that's at at the end of that time frame. So, do you guys think it depends on when Baisley gets back on if he will get playoff minutes or not? I think I think it really depends on where the team's at, right. what record they're at, what seating they're at, and I honestly don't think he's in the rotation. But I think he would be a rotation player if they needed him. Yeah. But I don't think they're planning on playing him in the playoffs as of now. Like them, like you said, they'd have like three weeks, and they've developed all this continuity since before the All Star break. See, I disagree with that because I think a huge thing that um, it's kind of easy to forget about with the way this team is constructed right now with some of these veterans who are playing so great, but. I think a lot of this to Presti, the value that he sees. For example, the reason he didn't like uh, one of the reasons he didn't trade off like a Gallo or somebody like that, the trade deadline, or Chris Ball, or if, if he could have, or whoever, is because he wants to get to some of these young guys' playoff experience and meaningful minutes. Um, also, I think Baisley is one of those guys who um, who Billy really values, and we've seen that in the past with some of these guys who maybe don't deserve minutes, but they get them anyways because Billy wants them to get that experience and get those minutes. And like Nader, he hasn't given up on Nader; it's paid off. Um, like dating back to last season. I think Baisley will, will get those minutes, but he's not going get to get the consistent minutes that he's had this season. So if he gets in there in the playoffs and the first, like, you know, three or four minutes that he's been in, it's not looking great, Billy will pull him and he doesn't have to play in the rest of the game, but I think he will give him a chance. 
Can't play Canter. Can't play Canter. <laughs> I think there's a chance that Baisley gets some some playoff minutes. Um, I think I don't know if Muscala will. He might get some some weird like we got to throw something else out there to switch it up for five minutes. We need offense type we need of thing. Support. But but I don't know if if Muscala will snag any minutes. I think it either. depends on matchups. Like yeah. you look at Denver, you look at the the Jazz, then you might go a little bit bigger. But if you're looking at the Rockets, I think Baisley probably does get a lot of minutes. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. So speaking of all of this, uh, our ad, our our sponsor for the week, BetOnline.ag, has updated their win totals for the over unders for all NBA teams. The Thunder. Do you guys remember what the Thunder were at preseason? Was it like thirty two or something like that? 31. Yeah, it was like thirty two. Yeah, thirty one and a half. Some books had them at thirty two and a half. BetOnline AG has changed Oklahoma City's over under at the All Star break. So 46 and a half games. That's a, uh, for those of you who aren't good at math, that is a 14 game jump, which is insane. You, know you guys going is, over or under? What else is insane is I'm hammering over. the heck on that over. Hammering yeah. for sure. I mean, they've, yeah. they've got 35 wins right now and they've got exactly. what, 25 games left? What yep. is that? What is the math on that, Jacob? I'm not good at math. B- b- you tell before, me. <laughs> before last night, they had to go 13 and 13. After tonight, they got to go, um, what 12 and 13 to finish the yeah. season and break that over i mean i just look at the schedule right now and i look at it and looked at like you know the away games the home game it's just like there are 15 games i expect them to win after right. tonight and like maybe even 16 in that game against dallas so that's the like the season finale could play massive implications in seeding who even knows because like definitely they're two and a half games out of the three seed right now because the Clippers are skidding, and they're one and a half out of four and five, so there's so much to go down, and I, I'm taking the over on that. I think I think 46 and a half is really low. Me too. You also got like they play the Milwaukee Bucks at the end of this week. Right. Milwaukee might be resting guys because they have such a massive lead in the East. You play the Suns like the the last week or two of the season. The Suns aren't going to play anybody. They're going to be tanking for draft position, right? Guys, I have a proposition. Oh boy! What is it? Let's take all of the podcast money and put it on the over. Oh heck yes, and double our money. I'm, I'm down. I'm except in, I'm like, except I'm being 100 percent serious right now. I'm but like, so actually, down. I'm totally. Yeah. And then if we win, we give away some Lutang Clan shirts. There you Let's go. Let's do it because we'll have so hold much up. damn money. Up. What? I'm, I'm not getting paid. We're just gonna just gonna give it to the people. <laughs> Yeah, we're F a the podcast of the people. Let's just take all the money. Yeah, I agree with that statement. <laughs> let's go to Vegas and put it all in black. Put, put hey. it all. Yeah, there you go. Summer league. Let's. Here's what we'll do. We're gonna put it all on over, and if it hits and we win, then we take all of it and then we bet it on the playoff series. Yeah. Oh yeah. There you. Oh, that makes me a little uh, more nervous. I don't know about plus, that. That's not plus, quite no. <laughs> if we put all of our money. On the over, we get that special bonus by using the Blue Wire promo code. Oh, that fifty yes. percent! So we get extra money if it hits. Oh my gosh! Cash We're gonna make a bet, bet. Let's after we win. Go bankrupt. After we win, let's use the money to buy a swimming pool and then fill it with all our money. <laughs> I agree. With that. I don't know how much McDuck we can style. fill it, but. Um, yeah, so uh, it's gonna have to be like a kitty pool or something. <laughs> little little inflatable worse. pool. Scrooge we'll McDuck didn't have dollars. He, yeah, he gold just, coins. He just filled it full of coins. Can like, can we cash out on Bet Online with gold coins? Is that an option? You need like, Bitcoin, like Chuck E. Cheese coins. I'm <laughs> I'm so confident in the over forty six and a half that I will not only 
put all of our podcast money in. I'll throw in some money of my own on that one. Oh, there you go. We'll I would agree with that statement. Let's do it. So, Jacob, uh, you and I talked Wednesday. We were talking about, like, the possibility of the Thunder being able to hit that 50-win mark, which I think yeah. is, is yeah. pretty likely. I 15 think that's and better, 10. I think that's Finish a better. Finish out. I'm yeah, in. Let's a, do it. That's a better over under than they, the 46 and a half. Whenever Chris Paul shatters his fibula oh next week. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> we're no, all going to be stop. sad. Gosh, dang it. Let's, let's take a trip around the association, guys. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> Shout out Kawhi. I drum that. Yeah. I, I say, I think I say it every time. I drum that every time it yeah. plays. My favorite part is to do fake keyboard synthesizer with just my index fingers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just mentioned the Milwaukee Bucks. They're really freaking good at basketball. Uh, they are actually, Nick, I think you have a stat for us here, but they are on pace to possibly match that Warriors team uh, in a lot of metrics. Yeah. Do you have that pulled up? I do. So um, a friend of the pod... Um, who, who's Shane Young. you know been on? Yeah, Shane Young's been on here before. He he tweeted out something today that was kind of outstanding to me. I I knew the Bucks were good. I I didn't realize you know what the the metrics looked like. So he compared the the current Bucks after fifty six games versus the sixteen seventeen Warriors after fifty six games. Um, the Bucks actually have a better record. They, uh, between offensive and defensive rating, are about the same. The Warriors back then had the, the top offensive rating, the third defensive rating. The Bucks flipped that on the head, had the third best offensive rating and first best defensive rating. Um, their, their, uh, their net rating is pretty dang close. Their margin of victory is pretty dang close. The amount of threes the Bucks have actually, which shocked me, the Bucks have made more threes this season to to this point than the 16-17 Warriors did. I don't That's know if the completely shocking. I don't know if the Bucks will, will actually like break that record of of most wins in a season, but like they deserve some recognition. So they right. they also were the uh, they they broke the the Warriors record for being the fastest team to clinch a playoff berth. This, yeah, this they, time. yeah, it's it's pretty weird looking at the ESP, ESPN standings and seeing that they've already clinched one. Yeah, they're the only ones. They've already wow. got the asterisk. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. I, I'm I'm gonna be that guy. How much of this <laughs> is them just playing in the East because the East is so garbage? I think that's definitely part of it, right? Like I think it, it's not a black and white argument. Uh, I think there's I would there's hope a, not. We're not in the '60s anymore. God damn it! It's. <laughs> Part of it is in the East. I mean, they. I was at the game tonight for the Thunder, and they were showing the division uh, standings for not each conference, but each division. And I guess I just didn't realize, or, or I just haven't thought about it. Milwaukee's division is like Milwaukee, Indiana, Detroit, Chicago, and someone else that's really bad. And it's like, yeah, they play those teams four times a year. There we'll sh- are t- two we'll teams... Brooklyn is under 500, and they're in the seventh seed. They're Orlando, 26 and 29. Orlando is eight games under 500, and they're in the eighth seed. The Wiz are three and a half games out of playoff position, and they've only won 20 games. Yeah, they're 20 they're and 35. 15 games under 500. Yeah, they, the East is garbage. 
Uh, that definitely plays a part in it. I think the, another thing that plays a part in it, though, Giannis Antetokounmpo is incredible. He stepped out of bounds. Yeah, Josh Josh Houston's played good defense. A long time stepped ago. out of bounds. And Dez Dude. caught it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Giannis Antetokounmpo is insane. And they just have a they have a system and they have a ton of guys that are just playing their part. Like Dante DiVincenzo. He's so good. Um, who's the white guy that was just in the dunk contest? Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton West has been Matthews, really good. Both the Lopez brothers. Yeah, like they just they're and Rosanna they just picked Lisova. up Marvin Williams. Oh crap! But, right, but, like right. they don't have like like in, they don't have like a superstar cast like the Warriors had. They didn't have Clay Thompson and Steph and like. Yeah, to Dray- be honest, and Dray- friends. Draymond Green, like, okay, whatever. Like, he looks average or below average on a regular team. I took Draymond Green in daily fantasy the other night. No, he's a stat stuffer. No, he didn't. He didn't get shit. Not this season. Kidding. He had like three he's, points, he's three rebounds, three off. assists, three turnovers. Yeah, he has three of everything. Like, he's not. He, he usually is, usually stat stuffer when they're hot, but it's just like. Giannis is the only superstar on that team, and then Chris Middleton is he really good? Yeah, he's really good, um, but there's nobody on Giannis's level. But for Steph, at least Clay, for at least for, for shooting, was on his level. But I mean, I'm still, and this is another hot take. I'm still under the belief that Devin Booker is a much better player than Clay Thompson. But hey, ooh, ooh I, spicy. The Bucks' defense is also just insane. Exactly. So that's it's the thing. So you guys are talking about How do you East, score on that team? And I agree with you guys that the East is weak, and that obviously inflates a lot of these numbers. But the the Bucks are eighteen and four against Western Conference teams this year. They're the real deal. They really are. Yeah. I, I see them going to the final. 30, 14, and six with a steal and a block a game for Giannis. He's shooting for his second straight thirty one percent from three on five attempts a game. That's not great, but it's not bad. Fifty six percent from the field. It's just ungodly, man. Kind of reminds me of that Steph stretch where he had back-to-back MVPs. Like it's a very similar. Giannis is dynamic. insane. Yeah, it's he's incredible. If I made you take right now, Bucks or the field for the NBA Finals, who are you taking? Field, Bucks. Eighteen and four against the West. Nick, I'm going. Bucks field? I'm going Bucks, and wow, with with how good Giannis is, he is so freaking young. Like. If if he was a member of this podcast, he would be outside of me. I think he'd be the youngest guy, That's which wild. is which is insane. He's twenty five years old. He's me and Nick's age. Nick, and he just turned twenty five back in December. I just think I just think in a playoff series where it can go seven games and they're not calling fouls as much. You, I, I just. I just still think you can take the field here. But I don't know. Giannis is also I, – I, I need to look this up. This is just off the top of my head. But I saw and he's going to win, he's gonna win the MVP again. He's going to win Defensive Player of the Year like Michael he's Jordan. He's doing it on limited minutes. Olajuwon. He's not even playing playoff minutes yet. That's a scary to me. Yeah, his, his minutes per game is not high this year. Uh, I got it right here in front of me. Hold there on. There you go. How's 30 minutes a game. Yeah. He's, he's, is he going to yeah. win a title just to go down to Miami? In 2021, I no, really not. hope he stays in Milwaukee. I really, really hope he does. Yeah, see those quotes uh, during the All Star break that he did like an interview, and he was like, "Yeah, it'd be awesome to go like with the late to the Lakers or somewhere else with my brothers <laughs> to get to play with no. them." But he was like, "But you know," uh, and again, this is not. And you know, collectively, the city of Milwaukee, everyone's butthole got airtight. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. But As he said, uh, "He's like, no, like I love where I'm at. I just want to be on a team that." Is going to be able to win uh, throughout my career, and Milwaukee is at one hundred percent. I love it, Milwaukee. He huh. tried to cover his his tracks, but still, another yeah. forward that has a massive wingspan that's super tall and super athletic. That 
Actually, says misleading stuff. Says misleading stuff or actually like values the culture of a team. Who knows? I mean, hopefully like, he doesn't tear his Achilles. Well, yeah. <laughs> I hope he keeps the Achilles and the Achilles intact personally. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of wings with long wingspans who are playing really well, Jason Tatum has gone off, especially against the two L.A. teams. Right before the All-Star break, he closed out the Clippers at home in an incredible game. Today against the Los Angeles Lakers, they lose, but he goes for 41 on 12 of 20 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3, 13 of 15 from the free throw line. Is he better than Paul George right now? Like right now, if you're if you're picking a, a, a wing to put on your team, are you saying, do you take Paul George or Jason Tatum? Like today, if you had to sign well, one Tatum of the two Tatum can actually team, stay on the floor. Are you picking Tatum or are you picking Paul George? I'm, pick, no, I'm taking Tatum. Oh, heck yeah. I, I would too. Tatum, he's healthier. He's how old is Tatum? Young. 24, 23. This younger man than played today with the tattoos on his back, and you know every time he went up, God's like a, that's will. a fresh tattoo because it still had it still had the plastic on it, and you know every time he got slapped on the no, back, this man right. wanted to scream out in pain. Hold on a second, I got a terrible tattoo. I have these somewhere. I took it. Oh, here we go. So this is a friend of the pod, Alex. I forget OKC Thunder Alex on Twitter. Jason Tatum's last Tatum night. is Tatum. Sorry, I don't mean to cut no, you no, off. You're good. Tatum is two and a half weeks away from being 22. Oh my gosh, that's even younger than I thought. That's wild. So his uh, his last month when Boston has gone 10 and two. This is per Alex. He said uh, Tatum's averaging 26.8 points, seven and a half rebounds, 3.2 assists, one and a half steals. One block on a 48.3% field goal percentage, uh, 44.4% from three, 76.7% from the free throw line. I mean, he's just been lighting it up. Titus career high again tonight, uh, or today, I guess I should say, against the Lakers. Just absolutely, some of those step backs that he had, those step back threes, had one over AD today. That was just absurd. I mean, he's, he's balling. He's yeah, he's freaking good, man. Remember last he year is. when everybody said that uh, the Celtics, not everybody, there's people saying that the Celtics should give up Tatum for for AD. Good times. Yeah, I can't believe he's not even 22 yet. That's insane. Sky's the limit. All right, well, let's stay on the East Coast and talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, who are maybe the most bipolar team in the NBA. Nine and twenty on the road. The New York Knicks have a better road record than the Philadelphia 76ers. And the New York Knicks suck. If Philly could go back in time, either back to before the trade deadline or even back to the summer, if they could rewind the hands of time, do you think they would and do you think they should have traded for Chris Paul? Knowing everything you know now about this team, the issues, the spacing, the shooting, the ball handling, um, the stuff with Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid, them having to bench... Um. Um. Why am I forgetting his name? Horford. Yeah. Should Should they have gone back and traded for Chris Paul? Nick, what do you think? Nick, I think <laughs> that they absolutely should. That's Chris Paul's on a, <clears throat> for lack of a better term, horrible contract. You know, regardless of how good he's playing, you got to think long term. He's going to be thirty-seven year old making forty plus million dollars. Um. Yep, with so the that, salary that, cap not climbing much because of uh, because of the good old Houston Rockets. Right. No, it's 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 a horrible contract. But you've got to think like 
this is the window right now for Philly. They've got guys, you know, in place to be what we all thought should be a championship team. And we talked about this a couple of pods ago. Like we, we put our chips in in the basket for you know who we thought would be the best team in the East, and we all were very very high on the 76ers. I think if they could go back in time, uh, Chris Paul would be a perfect fit there, and then they could worry about later you know you know moving him, um, trading him off with with maybe one year or uh, two years on his contract instead of how many he has now. I think absolutely they would love to go back in time and. Uh, trade for Chris Paul. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that he would, he would make them a whole lot better than they are now. So they Nick, need some leadership. Chris Paul's, you mentioned Chris Paul's contract. Uh, another friend of the pod, Fast Break Breakfast at Fast Break Break. Um, he tweeted this out a couple days ago, and I found it extremely fascinating because obviously prior to this season, I uh, would have answered this completely differently than I would now. So I want to ask you guys: Chris Paul has two years remaining, eighty-five million. Kyrie Irving, three years, one hundred and five million. Who would you guys take with the not, not player, but um, based off that those contracts, which one would you go with? I think Chris Paul's contract might be a little more favorable. Two years, eighty-five million left compared to Kyrie's three-year, hundred five million, battling injuries off and on. Obviously, he's a little bit of a head case, a little bit of a locker room problem. I might link Chris a, Paul a little bit, a lot of it. <laughs> Shout out Flat Earth, Flat Earth uh, theory. Flat Earth theory. Hey, I read an article, not an article, a headline of an article about this guy that died because he strapped himself to a rocket and tried to launch himself up in the the California desert oh boy. so he could take photographs from like way up in the sky to prove flat earth theory. Yikes. Some of us call that uh, Darwinism. <laughs> Natural selection at its finest, yeah. Now, that's an interesting question. You know, Chris Paul has just been so productive even at this age uh, that that you it, it it's a legitimate conversation now when before back at the beginning of the season there's no way in hell that was a legitimate conversation right let me ask you guys this if the season ended right now the philadelphia 76ers are the fifth seed and they would be playing without home court advantage in the playoffs against the miami heat what is more likely the 76ers get bounced in the first round or they make it to the eastern conference finals Oh man, that's tough. Probably bounce. Anybody got an opinion? I say that again. My headphones came unplugged. <laughs> You're good. What's more likely? If the if the the season ended right now, Philly would be the five seed playing the four seed Miami Heat in the playoffs. What is more likely? The 76ers get bounced in the first round, or they make the Eastern Conference Finals. They're gonna get bounced because that team is so dysfunctional. Well, especially if Ben. Is out for an extended period and or can't get completely healthy. Uh, I think I. So lean, Taylor, you're going. You're going lose bounce. first round yep. as well. Yep. Nick. I. That's that's so hard. Jesus Christ! I, I, I say Nick, and then we get like a twenty second well, delay, and then. Ah! I, I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be just throwing out an answer. I don't actually agree with. I'm thinking on these are these are tough questions. Um. I think I agree. I think it's a bounce, a definite first-round bounce. All right, screw you guys. I'll take Philly in the Eastern Conference Finals. No, you sticking won't. Sticking with your guns. I, I hey, like I'm sticking to my guns. I had him one in the NBA title this year. God. Who who is going to go to the Conference Finals with them, with, with the Bucks? 
Maybe you think it's the Celtics? I think Celtics Boston has or a Toronto. good chance. Yeah. yeah, I really like Toronto yeah. still. Or Toronto. Toronto's playing well. Pascal Siakam. God, they beat Indiana by like fifty Stomped to nine. The brace off of them. That was yeah. a while. God, just skull drug them. All right, last one. Let's bounce back west. The Memphis Grizzlies are currently sitting at the eighth seed in the Western Conference, but things do not look great for the Memphis Grizzlies. They're twenty-eight and twenty-eight. They do have a what is that? A three and a half game lead on the newly nine-seeded New Orleans Pelicans. But Memphis has Jaron Jackson Jr. out for at least two weeks, and they have the toughest schedule in the NBA left. Their schedule is brutal. Meanwhile, the New Orleans Pelicans have one of the easiest schedules left in the league, and they are clicking on all cylinders right now. Uh, Portland, still skidding. San Antonio, still skidding. Um and then it seems like the Kings are just too far out of reach. Who are you taking for the eighth seed in the West? Memphis or anybody else? Oh, that's tough. Um, so on a recent pod, it's probably like two weeks ago now, we actually talked about this. And I think it was me and you, Jacob, who, was, who we were still on board with the Grizzlies and thought that they were going to, uh, to pull it off and keep that eighth spot. Now with Triple J out for a while, and like you said, the hardest remaining schedule compared to the Pelicans' easiest and you have to take into consideration the Blazers as well. They have the same exact record as the Pelicans, and Dame uh, will be. Will be we don't back know when soon. Dame will be back. But true, true. Maybe it's more serious than we think. I I would definitely take the field on that. But if I had to pick a team, I'd go Pelicans. Which means that they'll probably go on like a huge losing streak since I jinxed the Grizzlies here a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I think I think the Grizzlies are done for. Not that I mean. This season, not to yeah, say right. long term. Yeah, they've they've right. got they've got a great, great, great future ahead of them. But with how young they are, you know, down the stretch, if you're if you're gonna, I mean, essentially what you're asking is, do you think Dame and CJ will finish out the season a couple games better than Jaw and some of those young guys, or even the Pelicans with an easy schedule and Zion and Brandon Ingram and JJ Redick and Drew Holiday? I mean, that's that's easy for me. I think the Grizzlies. I don't know. You know, to who among those two teams they'd lose it to? I just don't see them, you know, finishing out uh, in the in the playoff race. That being said, maybe that's best for them. Get one more, um, you know, year of experience pick. under themselves. Maybe a lottery pick, right? And uh, I think that may be actually the the best thing for them in the long run. Definitely. So here, I'm going to run through this really, really fast. Grizzlies' remaining schedule. All right, I'm gonna I'm just gonna rattle these off. So so if you don't get them all, that's fine. Clippers, Rockets, Kings, Lakers, Ooh. Hawks, Nets, Mavericks, Hawks, Magic, Blazers, Jazz, Spurs, Thunder, Bucks, Pelicans, Pelicans, Celtics, Raptors, Raptors, Knicks, Mavericks, Blazers, Nuggets, Thunder, 76ers, Rockets. Yikes. I don't know, but the Pelicans only have 25 games left and seven of them only have winning records, only seven of them. Yeah, so take that Memphis schedule I just gave you, which is insane, versus what Comiar just said, 25 games left for the Pelicans. It's only seven with winning records. Seven against teams that have winning records. they play the Grizz twice. And then Portland's schedule is also fairly difficult, um, and Portland is without Dame right now, and we'll see how much longer they are without Dame because uh, because currently we don't know. Carmelo Anthony is going to save him. And the the Blazers are currently in a tie game with the Detroit Pistons right now. 
with the skeleton of the Detroit Pistons. That's terrible. I think I'm going New Orleans in the playoffs. I think they're looking really, really good ever since Zion has come back and when they're healthy, especially with Brandon Ingram. Yeah. All right, so we're all going Memphis out of the playoffs? I think so. Unfortunately. I think that's what I'm going with too. All right. Well, guys, we're almost at an hour, so uh, let's wrap it up and get out of here. You better wrap it up. It's done. Yes, Mr. Frodo. It's over now. Hold on now. Hang in there with me. About that. Can you read? Wrap it up. All right. So for this edition of wrap it up uh nick had a a pretty fun story for us <laughs> pre-pod that he's he's got to retell now for our wrap it up segment so nick yeah, retell it it's uh, important the the real quick version of your story go ahead so uh a good friend of taylor and i's uh, his name is peyton lang um on twitter he's at peyton lang he's a writer for nba quick report um from the tulsa area with both taylor and i we've known him known him for you know 10 15 years at this point he was talking to me we went to uh you know watch the the thunder nuggets game friday night and he was talking about um you know listening to the podcast over the past couple years the way he kind of associates all of us kind of like you know if you were to watch a tv show or a movie you know kind of how these characters you know pan out how they develop as characters um, all that kind of stuff i thought it'd be fun to discuss internally here how we view each other and what movie characters you know slash tv show characters whatever it may be um how we kind of compare based on our takes um you know are we positive are we negative uh you know how how we kind of have developed and or you know what our outlook is for listeners when it comes to comparisons to these kind of characters so i'll let you guys kind of start i've got a couple here um you know in my opinion but i think it'll be fun to see what we think of each other all right let's do it call me ours got got a handful come here just give us one start us off with a teaser just a one just one for right now all right this one's all right this one's pretty lukewarm um justin who's on the podcast with us right now he's busy yeah so we can say things about justin yeah (laughs) I, I always characterized him like maybe like as the disappointed dad, especially like if me and Jake are like saying inappropriate jokes. So like but like he's like he like kinda laughs but in the end he knows like this is probably not okay. So I gave him the character of Toby Flinderson from the office. Oh, I was going with the office characters also. He's just like that's well, good. okay. That, that I guess that's fine. That's pretty good. I like it. Nick, what's one of yours? I've got one for you, Jacob. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I, don't, I hope this doesn't blow up your head too much, but I, I kind of look at you as like the Yoda. You're kind of our, you're our leader. You are the wise guy. You kind of lead us in the right direction when we jump into a rabbit hole. Uh, you Listen, get us, you get you us should. back on track. <laughs> the uh, the the whole character of Yoda, how you're kind of, you might be the oldest too, but uh, kind of the, the, the yeah, I think that's also accurate. The leader, yes. the the point guard, the captain of the podcast. You're the host, obviously. You you start us off, you finish us out. You're kind of the Yoda of the podcast, in my opinion. Yoda's never procreated, just like you know. Yeah, I also like starting people off and then finishing them off. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Taylor, Wait give us one. So uh, I took this a similar way as Kamiar. And um, when we kind of were talking this pre-pod, 
Obviously, I didn't have anything prepared, so I just picked one of my favorite TV shows to go off of and to compare you guys and us to. Um, so I went with The Office as well, because one of my absolute favorites. I think Jacob is the perfect Michael Scott. He's our fearless leader, kind of like uh, like Nick was saying. He's dumb as hell. But he's mixing with some sarcasm and some... Um, some he, he's always good for a funny line. I think Jacob's a good Michael Scott. All right, all right. If, if, I, if I had to give myself somebody... Uh, I wouldn't give myself a, a specific character, but the um, the archetype or the the stereotype of like the the millennial who always makes inappropriate jokes and <laughs> jokes about antidepressants, but is really just a sad boy in real life. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Come here, give us another one. All right. Have you guys ever? Are you guys big fans of Jim Carrey movies? Oh yeah. Yeah. Kinda. This one's for Taylor. Yeah. Uh, so Taylor's such a nice guy, like just <laughs> like just really like one of the nicest dudes I've ever met in my life, and like he says, "Oh darn," and things like that, which <laughs> it's the funniest thing. So like Jim Carrey movie, me myself and Irene, oh. where like his character is just like so so nice, but like one day Taylor's gonna have like just a, a he's meltdown. Just gonna, he's just gonna scorch earth on all of you guys and, and like start like murdering. <laughs> People. But yeah, he's that really nice guy. What is it? Hank is the bad guy for me, myself and Irene. It's Charlie. Yeah, that's the character for me, myself and Irene. That's, that's a good one. I like that. I like. Yep. Yep. Nick, give us another. He's like, oh shucks. So another one oh, I've got. Shucks. This is for Kamiar, and and kind of a side note. Uh, Peyton, who kind of sparked this wrap it up segment, said that Kamiar is his favorite on the podcast, which kind yeah, of offended right. me. Ew. Kind of offended me. But guys from Wales don't like. Me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I look at Kamiar as kind of a little finger. He's the guy that. Um, you know, sometimes on the podcast we'll agree with you and it'll sound like we're all buddy buddy. But then if you see him in the Slack message, you know, that we that we all have as a podcast group, he's always bashing on us behind the scenes on our takes <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So he's he's a little finger in my eyes. Always skeeter. Yeah. Uh Taylor, you got another one? So uh, again I stuck with the office theme on this. So uh calm here for me is Stanley. <laughs> what? <laughs> is that because I'm brown? <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're the the negative Nancy of the podcast. I am. It's true. <laughs> also good for a funny line here and there as well. Nice, nice. I like it. I I can't think of any for you guys. I was too busy wow. trying to get the pod ready wow. that I didn't come up with any of these last minute. I've got one for everybody. All right, well, give us another one then, buddy. Well, uh, this one's for you. Okay. Uh oh. Everybody I'm not, I'm not went ready with like this. really nice things. Like, <laughs> oh, he's the leader of the podcast. You know, he's El Capitan. <laughs> I give you uh -oh. Peter Griffin. God damn it. <laughs> Not because you have a nut sack for a chin. <laughs> they call me fat and <laughs> borderline fat. special needs. <laughs> well, and it's talked about that. But anyways, <laughs> um, so I because A, you're the protagonist. You're the main one, right? Uh, but at the same time, like you, you, uh, you say dumb things sometimes. Uh, you're in it. You're usually good for a few laughs here and there. And you're usually mean to like somebody. I don't know, like Meg. So I don't know. Who am I mean to? Oh, who, probably the New York Knicks. Who's your Who's your Meg? The New York Knicks. I don't know, but I I chose Peter Griffin. Oh, I've got uh, I've got two I more real quick. Okay, <laughs> to round it out, um, I've got uh, Taylor, 
is the Richard Hendricks, if you watch Silicon Valley. Yes. Uh, very, very smart guy, but I feel like sometimes, even if he disagrees with one of our takes or he thinks that something that we say is stupid, he kind of, he's, he's the, like you said, the nice guy. He always seems to like, oh, Taylor's yeah, very agreeable. Agree exactly. He's very agreeable. So he's kind of the Richard Hendricks, I think, and obviously, you know, very smart guy, very successful guy. Um, but sometimes Aww. he needs to just stand up for himself and say, you know what, that's stupid. And, Grow some and, yeah. balls, Taylor. Yeah. Kiss yes, Summer. My piss. I'm gonna podcast Kiss whenever I piss. want to. <laughs> Tell Summer to stay in her place. <laughs> and then for Justin, who. Um, Peyton, again, who, who sparked this segment, mentioned, you know, Justin's kind of the dad of the podcast, which is true. I think he's the only dad, um, you know, of, of any of us, as far as we know. He reminds me, and I, I think his name is Robert. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the dad from Step Brothers, where he's he's, he's, he's kind of like, what in the heck are these guys, like, what's going on with these guys? And he knows that a lot of the time, like we mentioned, we're talking about stuff that's very, very off the walls and borderline inappropriate, but he's got to deal with it, because you know what? We're, we're kind of the, the stepsons to him, or the actual son when it comes to one of them, but he reminds me of the dad from Step Brothers. That's a good one. I like it. So I like sticking it. Sticking with my office theme, I'll go through these last ones. Um, I agree with Kamiar on Justin being Toby. That's a perfect one. Um, for Nick, I have Jen, or uh, sorry, I have Pam, because like on the surface, she seems like the super <laughs> nice person and like uh, you know very agreeable and, and but when it comes down to it, she has some sass. She certainly has some sass. I think that's a Nick's that's a, a good Nick. Boy. Yeah, yeah. And then um, for me, I have Jim. I'm the agreeable one. Go with the flow. I'm just here to have have a good time and uh, spew off some takes in the meantime. I chose Nick as Johnny Bravo because he doesn't give a shit and his hair <laughs> always looks nice. <laughs> Jeez, I haven't watched that show in years. That's awesome. Johnny Bravo. It's a good show. Also a without, womanizer. Without the sexual harassment, <laughs> <Yeah>. of course. <laughs> oh, very good. Hey, real quick. Choose one person on the podcast and compare them to a Thunder player. Go. You don't get to think about it. Call me or give us one oh, person man. on the podcast and compare them to a Thunder player. Uh, me and Abdul Nader because they're both minorities. <laughs> Touche. Nick, give us one. Oh, goodness. Um, I'm going to say Jacob. Uh-oh. You you are you're Lou Dort. You, yeah. You, you kind of you, you do it all. You you produce. You you do a lot of the, the back end stuff and, and that people don't see and I don't mean back end in that way, but you do you do a lot of the stuff that people don't see. You you, you, you produce, you upload a lot of the stuff for us. Um, and, and everybody and, loves me. And you're on you're, you're on the upcome you know, you, you may not be a Chris Paul or a superstar yet, but you do a lot of things that, that make the team better. I'm a two way undrafted guy just trying <laughs> to make my way. I like it. Taylor, give us one. So I'm gonna go with a calm yard shooter. Um, Kamir is going to go out there. He may, he may not be the best defender on the team, but he's going to be the one who's in your grill every single time. Every single That's perfect. That seems very accurate for Kamir's pickup Boom. style. That's very accurate. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm going with Justin is Mike Muscala. <laughs> Why? Is it the hair? He's got nice hair. Part of part of it's the hair and the height. Um, Musky. I don't know, and I, I feel like even though Justin's the biggest guy on the podcast, he's like six seven. He would play like Muscala does, which uh, is avoid the, avoid the paint and just shoot threes. I shoot hate threes those the whole time. People. Yeah, that's who I'm going with. I like that. Justin's probably about to send me an angry text message here in like an hour and a half after he listens to this podcast. He's a mountain time bro. Oh yeah, that's right. 
He's on mountain time. All right. Any parting thoughts or opinions before we pump some outro music? Guaranteed and confirmed I'm the best one. <laughs> Busy week for Thunder basketball. We got that uh, back-to-back Sacramento Kings on Thursday, and then Friday they turn around and have to play the Bucks. I'm really curious yep, to see how that shapes out. It'll be it'll be a good one. Um, and then we're putting all our all of our money on betonline.ag. Let's go. On Here, the Thunder over. Here's the thing about Taylor, though. He he reminds me of teams of Thunder past. He just completely overlooked that Chicago Bulls game like it's nothing. But guess <laughs> what? Teams that teams of the Thunder's past would definitely go they lose do that the same game. Thing. Yeah, they would. That is true. That is true. All right. Well, hey. Thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. This is your first time listening to us. Number one, I'm sorry. Number two, (laughs) uh, please, if you enjoyed this, go drop us a five-star rating on whatever device, whatever application you're listening to us on. Make sure you subscribe. We drop a weekly episode every late Sunday night, early Monday morning, and we have episodes after every single Thunder game, home or away. We post game podcast after every game. If you are a routine follower, hey, we appreciate the hell out of you. You guys rule. Thank you so much for everything you do, for listening to us, for sending us Twitter questions. Uh, you guys are awesome, and that's the reason why we do this. So thank you so much. Like Taylor said, big week of hoops ahead. Then we got three games coming up. Should be an interesting interesting week coming down the stretch here for that, that push for 50 games. We'll see if they can get there. You guys have a great beginning of your week. We will be back with you Tuesday night after the Thunder take on the Chicago Bulls. Thunder up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.